0: What's up? Welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermon for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Are you ready for the Word? Amen. So, um, thank you, Father, for the Word and that the Word that we speak, Father, as you say, spirit and life. And that it will bring life to us. Father, he will touch us and he will change us. Thank you, Lord, that we know that our hearts are alive to you and that we will understand, Lord. There we can understand with our minds that our spirit comes because the word says the things of the spirit are spiritually discerned. And therefore this morning let us discern and feel that we want to say and hear that you want to say to us in the spirit. Bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. So I love fresh ground coffee the aroma of that who of you likes that coffee smell when it's yeah there's some good people in this place huh when that grinder is just grinded at the early morning when that goes other which way you do it through a percolator or if you have one of those fancy machines some people have those that you program them and they wake you up with that it's already made um other people you you have to do it yourself but but that aroma is just great isn't it it just brings some nostalgia. When I think back, um, you know, when I was a boy, my mom and dad, the, the study was next to my room. And, and I will wake up in the mornings with them already in the study drinking coffee. So that, that fragrance, that aroma of the coffee, the sound of their voices, just chatting, you know, that just brought something to me. And, and whenever you go back to that memory, that place, it just reminds you. Isn't it? So it's not just the smell, that fragrance of the aroma, that fragrance of the coffee, but everything associated with it, isn't it? The the contentment, the nostalgia, the memories. Can you see that picture? Let me ask this side. Great. Janine, you can see the picture. Can you see that? Can you smell the coffee? You see that aroma. And we're busy with altars altars, and, and we know that the, the Word speaks about the aroma of Christ, but I want to speak a bit different, because building an altar, what aroma does God want? What aroma does God want? When we, when we speak on an altar, and remember we said last week and the weeks before that, we're not going to physically build an altar, we're not going to slaughter anything, we, we're talking mainly spiritual as well, and we're building altars by prayer, by fasting, by word, by worship. Okay, so, so we're going to go into that because usually in our lives when we think of God, we think of God watching what we do. We think of God listening, hearing, like when we pray and all these things, isn't it? Perhaps we, 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 we are aware of how He feels our pain and how He's aware of our disappointments and all these things. So what does that mean? It means God has senses. He hears. He feels. He sees and he, he, smells. God has got a sense of smell. And that is the thing because there's so many times where God says that there's an aroma that is pleasing unto him. Amen. So there's two questions I want to pose that, that if God does smell, all right, what does God smell? And another question is, what does he smell like? Does God smell? So, what does He smell when He smells? And for us, is what does God smell like? Because God has got a fragrance, amen? His name has got a fragrance. His his presence has got a fragrance. His holiness has got a fragrance. Everything around God has got a fragrance. Every aspect and facet of God has got a fragrance and aroma to Him. So, what is the aroma that God has and what do we carry? So there's another question. Did you think of what is the smell or the aroma or the fragrance? What do you smell like? What do you smell like? Okay. Not just in the flesh. <laughs> Praise God you can do something about it. But even in the spirit, you can do something about it. But here's the thing about fragrance. Is you cannot fake it. You cannot fake it. Either you have a fragrance or you don't. It's like perfume. When I put perfume here in the room, the environment doesn't affect the perfume. The perfume affects the environment. So when we come and we start releasing a fragrance, we are not affected by the environment. We start releasing a fragrance. The environment's infected by that. You see, so smell, aroma, fragrance, it's found many times in the Bible. So you've received the forgiveness. So what is it? When we build an altar, it's not for the forgiveness of sin every time. Because Christ has done it for us. Because we are in Christ. So what do we do? Remember, the importance of a sacrifice's aroma is not the smell, but what it represents. What the smell represents. And the very first mention of a pleasing aroma to the Lord is in Genesis 8, 20, 21, when Noah after the flood comes out of the ark and he brings a sacrifice unto the Lord. And it says Genesis 8:20, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings. It's very important to understand when he says clean animal, clean bird. We don't bring defiled sacrifices. God says, you've robbed me because you've bring the the sacrifices, the, the, the animals which are lame and blind and has deformities. And He says, no, when we bring a sacrifice, He says, an unblemished lamb with no defects. Our worship is pure unto the Lord. When we bring a sacrifice, every clean animal, every clean bird. And it says, and it was a pleasing aroma. Why? Because it was God's righteous requirement, he fulfilled that. It was a appropriation; it was a satisfaction of God's requirement. In Leviticus, we read about a pleasing aroma that's mentioned in connection with the Jewish temple worship. So it's not just a restitution or a covering of sins and a coming back into place, but it was also a practice of our worship to the Lord. So we're building blocks. Are you guys good? So Leviticus 1, 8 and 9 says, Aaron's sons, the priests, shall arrange these pieces, the head, the fat, on the wood that is on the fire on the altar. But its entrails and its legs he shall wash with water, and the priest shall burn all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So it speaks the head, the fat, the feet, everything, when there was a sacrifice, it entailed the whole cow, the whole bull, the whole goat, the whole lamb, everything. Come on, when you come and you bring a sacrifice, you just don't bring part of you. But we sometimes do. God says, no, when, when I want a sacrifice, I want all of you. All of you. Every part of you. You know, we don't want to surrender. It's like when we are baptized. We, don't, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then we go. We don't baptize. We don't bury someone halfway and then third way and then year. We bury them completely one time. Every time the animal was whole complete. And it pleased God, Noah's sacrifice. Why? Because it was actually a commitment to offer worship unto the Lord. It was a commitment to come and offer worship. Pleasing aroma because it's the action, yes, of, of the appropriation of sins. But it was the action, the heart, not the actual smoke, that was pleasing unto Lord. It's the heart condition when we come to an altar. Again, it's what the smell represents. Come on, tell someone, it's what the smell represents. Now tell it to somebody else. You see, because it's not just the meat. In Leviticus 2, we see that they bring grain offerings as well. So some meat, some grain, and again it says it had a pleasing aroma to the Lord. A pleasing aroma, so, so even at the feast of, of, of weeks, they bring larger sacrifices. Um, it's redemption for sinners, again it's pleasing to the Lord. Leviticus 23:18 says, You shall present with the bread seven lambs, a year old without blemish, there you get it, one bull from the herd, two rams, they shall be a burnt offering unto the Lord. With their grain offering, drink offerings, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. You see, so even the larger sacrifices, everything, the food and the grain, so it speaks of different kinds of sacrifices, different things it represents. But let's go a bit deeper and just to lay a foundation again, we're building a bit so that when we get to raising the altar conference, you have a, a, a frame of reference, you, you understand, and you can just drink in. And we're going somewhere. Amen. We're going somewhere. So, an altar speaks. We said it that the stronger altar will rule the weaker altar. All right? Stronger altar will re- rule the weaker altar. We said Nebuchadnezzar, he maintained an altar, and every time before he went into battle, he increased the fire. Fire speaks of an intensity, it's got a frequency, it's got light, and all these things. And every time he made sure he got a stronger altar than the enemy. And then he will go and he will defeat it. An altar speaks. So the stronger altar rules the weaker. And we see even the enemy at altars. In Ezekiel 6, we say offerings made to false gods were described as having a pleasing aroma. Ezekiel 6, 13 and 14. You shall know that I am the Lord. When they slain, lie among their idols around their altars. And in every high hill, on all the mountaintops, under every green tree, under every leafy oak, wherever they offered pleasing aroma to all their idols, I will stretch out my hand against them and make the land desolate and waste. And in all their dwelling places from the wilderness to Riblah, and they will know that I am the Lord. You see, it's interesting that he says, God speaks, he says this, he says that your, your offering, your sacrifice was a pleasing aroma to the idols. You see, a fragrance resonates in the spirit. The smell of sacrifice, the aroma of an offering affects the spiritual realm. You need to understand that your life is an altar and you carry a fragrance. And whatever you maintain on the altar resonates in the spirit. You release something in the spirit. Sacrifice is releasing an aroma and it's pleasing to the spirit world. That's why the demons want an altar as well because there's a fragrance that's pleasing to them as well. But to God, it's a stench. God speaks as, as judgment. He says, you think you smell nice, but you stink. That's what He says. You see, so, so the aroma of an altar gets the attention of the spirit world. And sometimes we are too, you know, too, too, too unaware of of the spirit world we are so much in this world that we forget you're not in this world and of this world come on you come from a different kingdom and the smell and the incense may have been appealing to the idolaters the idols the demons to who they offered but it was false worship it displeased the Lord he says you worship God a sacrifice is only made unto him not to idols how many idols do you have in your life? We have stuff that's more important than God. Sometimes we eat. It says it's an idol, even your belly. There's things. You know, so do you understand it? We're not talking about poles and all these images and stuff we worship. There's so many things that's just in our daily lives that sometimes idols. And God says no. Because there's even a sacrifice that's a pleasing aroma to the idols. And God says He wants all of our worship. Remember, an altar speaks, so an altar needs to be occupied. An altar needs to be occupied. That, need, that means that, that God responds actively to altar activity. Leviticus 6, He says, the fire on the altar should never go out. We said it last week, the fire should be maintained. And, and whatever altar we maintain will be the one speaking. Whatever altar in your life you maintain will be the one speaking, because an altar has a voice, all right? It's got a fragrance. It's got an aroma. Now discernment, the gift of a spirit, He gives us discernment, amen? One of the things is discerning of spirits. Discernment is to know what smell an altar carries. Let me say it again. Discernment is to know what smell, what fragrance an altar carries, Discerning means that, that you know, if you smell an altar, you know this is of God or not. You know this altar I need, to main, I need to maintain. You know that this altar I need to destroy and I need to break it down. The smell, the discernment is to know what an altar smells like and which one you need to maintain. Come on, there's a spiritual battle. We are in this world, but we also not of this world, so there's a spiritual battle. The demons also want to occupy the altar. I want you to understand that there's a contending in the spirit for an altar. There's a contending in the spirit for a place of worship, for a place of prayer. Why do you think you feel so tired in the morning when you try up and you say, today I'm going to start at five, I'm going to pray. And then you, you don't even hear your clock. There's a contending for the spirit realm. There's a contending. There's power on the altar. What do you bring to an altar? A sacrifice. It's blood. God says He wants the blood because the life is in the blood. You see, when we come, we bring our life. God wants your life. And as I said, all of it, you don't just give an arm or a leg or a part. You bring your life, you lay it down as a sacrifice. So let's go to this. No man is greater than his altar. No man is greater. Show me your altar. Show me what you, com- what, what you are committed to in your life and what you make of this, and I'll say who you are. Your altar speaks of your life. Who you are today is a reflection of the altar that you have raised in your life. That's a reflection of who you are. The speed you have in life depends on the power of your altar. Am I too deep for you guys? The speed in your life, the the speed you move in your life depends on the altar. If you have a a weak altar, you're not going to really move. You're going to struggle. If you have a strong altar, God's going to move with you much quicker. The speed in your life depends on the power of your altar. The thing is this, an altar needs to be occupied. So if you don't occupy and if you don't raise your own altar, you're going to become the victim of another man's altar. Because the stronger altar wants to rule the weaker. And God says maintain an altar. Come on, and, and, and we are priests. One, one, uh, uh, yeah, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 speaks of us being a royal priesthood. The priestly service will get to that. So you're called in priestly service. The priests had to maintain the fire on the altar. We'll get to that. So what makes one man more powerful than another? It's the quantity and the quality of the sacrifice he brings upon his altar. The time he pushes in, the time he spends in the Word, the time he seeks the Lord. We build altars, you know. The power of a man in his life can be traced back to a personal altar in his life. There's personal altars, there's family altars, there's corporate altars. Family altars, you'll see the family who takes a family altar serious. They're more notable. They, they, they're visible. They stand out in the community. You'll see them. There's something that you, you need to build. You see, your personal altar is the taproot of your spiritual life. Taproot, the wortle, That thing that anchors the tree. And, and the deeper this taproot goes, the higher you can grow. Come on. So, so your personal altar, all right, is the taproot of your spiritual life. The stronger you build an altar, the deeper your taproot goes, the higher you can grow, the, the more resilient you can get. You can flourish, you can bloom. The more relevant are we to the world. God wants us to raise. The word says you're an oak of righteousness. You need to stand. Come on. It's the sacrifice that makes an altar. Without without a sacrifice, an altar is powerless. It's not the the altar, the place which makes it powerful. It's the sacrifice that makes an altar powerful. And there's no access to the Spirit without costing you anything. There's no access without a price. That's why David says, hey, I cannot appear before God empty-handed. I cannot do anything if it doesn't cost me anything. Come on, it's gonna cost you. I think one of the most distinct things in Abraham's life was this thing called an altar. Most distinct thing. On four occasions, different occasions, four distinct stages in his his life, in his pilgrimage, he responded to God by building an altar. God intervenes, God calls him, God shows up, he does something, he builds an altar. The first altar we read of is Genesis uh, chapter 12 at Shechem where he comes. God gives him in Genesis 12, he calls him out, he says, I will make you a blessing. And through you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And all these things and that promises. And then Abram builds an altar to the Lord and he worships. The second one is at Bethel. Bethel. Same place where Jacob comes and there's an open heaven, the ladder, the dream at Bethel. Where he comes and he takes the rock that his head is upon and he raises an altar. Same place his father raised an altar. Chapter 13 in Hebron, he raises an altar. And then the fourth time he raises an altar is on Mount Moriah. You know which altar is that? The one he had to sacrifice, Isaac. The fourth time. You see, different altars. The man who's called the friend of God, and yet he needs to build this altar. We need to sacrifice his son. You see, all the others, the earlier altars, the earlier sacrifices, the surrendering, the faith that he walks in, it has been preparing Abraham for this moment where he's called upon to make the supreme sacrifice. His only son. His firstborn, not his only, his firstborn. Isaac, the promise. For 25 years, he's been walking, following the promise of God, standing in faith, building altars, doing this. And when the promise comes, God says, Come, bring a sacrifice, build an altar to the Lord. Why could he do that? Because he had a track record with God, building an altar. A record with God knowing that he's faithful. When he steps out, God will come. What happens? God provides a ram. Just a foreshadow of Christ. Again, who will be the sacrifice. That God says, I will provide a sacrifice so that you don't have to die, so that you can become one with him. Each small step you take in your life, As I said, maybe just getting up in the morning, when the alarm goes off, spending time on the word, maybe that's your first step towards the sacrifice. But God calls you to build an altar. How do we build? We're not far from done. Personal altar, family altar, a corporate altar. When we're here together, we build a corporate altar. Don't let the band or the intercession struggle alone. We're a family. We need to stand up and say, hey, let's fight together. Come on. I want to tell you sometimes this is a battleground. Not, we're not fighting one another. We're contending in the spirit. We're fighting in the spirit. And I want you to, to start shifting your mind to say, hey, we're not going to watch it as a show. We're not going to wait until they give us a nice atmosphere or this or that. But we're going to partner and we're going to contend with one another in the spirit because we are building an altar for the Lord. There's a shift in your heart that needs to take place. You see, 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, Thanks be to God who in Christ leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance. Say through us. Spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Now it's interesting, the triumphal procession speaks of a Roman soldier, the Roman, um, you know, use that they will have that that they will, after defeated an enemy, they'll have this procession, this parade, and they will make a spectacle of the enemy. So they'll have this parade and the soldiers and the generals and all will come and the enemy will be be made a public spectacle. And he says that in Christ, he leads this triumphal procession. Doesn't the word says that he made a public spectacle of the devil? Amen. And we lead, he leads us in this and he says, and then through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are the aroma of Christ to those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. To one a fragrance from death to death, to others a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? You see, an altar speaks of sacrifice, devotion, surrender, being consumed. When you put that that animal on the altar, it's being consumed. Nothing is left. So the altar of your life speaks of this. It's that it's wholly given up to the one for whom the altar is built. Do I need to say that again? Your life speaks of this. That it's wholly, completely given up to the one for whom the altar is built. Your life is given up. Come on, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Your life is wholly given up for whom the altar is built. We're not building our own altar. We are building an altar to the Lord your life is given up to God for whom you're building this altar, this place where you say, I am laying myself down. I am a sacrifice. Because he says, present your body as a living, holy sacrifice. Come on. So we are called to lay down ourselves as a sacrifice. My question is, how serious do you take your altar? How serious do you take your altar in your life. It's a place where you first lay down your plans before you just embark on any project or anything or any job or whatever. Are you at the altar? Because at the altar, it's a place of giving birth. The altar is a place where you birth destinies, where you manifest things, not just in the the flesh, but you give birth in the spirit. You see, 1 Corinthians 2 says this, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to Him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he's himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Come on. You have the mind of Christ, and we need to understand you're a spirit being, And you just live in this body with a fleshly mind. He says the natural person doesn't accept the things of God. When I started studying some of the things of the altars, man, I wanted to reject some of those things first because my mind doesn't want to take it. But your spirit, he says, the mind is folly. All right? You don't understand all things, but it's spiritually discern. I want to ask you to, to really push in and listen with your spirit. Amen? Where we lead you will be in truth. You see, but sometimes at the place we're giving birth, we give birth to the wrong things. When you give birth to the wrong things, that baby is going to grow and that baby is going to demand attention and affection. That sacrifice that you've built is going to demand a sacrifice or that altar. You see, what do you give birth to at the place of the altar? So I'm ending off. What aroma does God want on your altar? What is the aroma? Because it's not the smell, it's what it represents. What aroma does God want? We know that the word says, as we have read, that we are a fragrance of God. Now, perfume makers in the Old Testament had very specific ingredients. They crafted a special oil exclusively for the anointing and to make holy, to fit us. The smell was sacred. It was distinct. The the altar of incense, there was an oil and a perfume that they made that was only found in that holy place, in the Holy of Holies. The only reason the the altar of incense stood this side of the veil is because the priest had to maintain the the fragrance. And they could not go into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the covenant stood. It's actually part of that Holy of Holies, the fragrance of God. But because they had to serve the the priest, it's only the high priest once a year that could enter into the Holy of Holies. So it was just before the veil. So as you came in, it was the the, the bread and the light and then the altar of incense, the veil, and the, the Shekinah glory of God. And morning and night they had to maintain this fragrance. And the people could smell this fragrance coming out. Knowing that our prayers, our worship are heard by God. God says there's a fragrance that you need to maintain. The New Testament, Ephesians 5 2, says that Christ's love is called a fragrant offering. We are known by our love for one another. It says that your love, Christ's love, is known as a fragrant offering. We spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. We spread the love of God to people. The fragrance of the knowledge of Him. You see, we are kingdom priests. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Peculiar, I love it. A bizarre people, a unique people, different. You're different. That you should show forth the praises of Him who have called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So as believer priest, so I'm ending off with this. As believer priest, as a priest, the priests were the one who went in to the tabernacle, to the holies and the holy of holies to maintain the fragrance, to maintain the fire. And they had to go there. How do we enter the holy of holies? The holiest place. Hebrews ten nineteen says, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Can you see why we said in Hebrews that it's by His blood? Once and for all, the sacrifice is done. We don't sacrifice for sin anymore because He was the sacrifice. We enter as priests to start carrying a fragrance by the blood of the Lamb. You enter by the blood, all right? And then you are in the holy life of Christ. When you stand in that place, you stand in His righteousness. It's not a mixture of us and Him. It's only Him. You cannot add to the fragrance. That's what it said. You can put nothing foreign to the mixture. Do you see why I say that when we go, it is by His blood. It is you in Christ and nothing of your own flesh. Nothing foreign, nothing The word says your flesh is an enmity. It's hostile against God. That's why there can be nothing of you when you go into the holies. We enter by the blood. The blood has washed you. The blood has cleansed you. And we come and we do the service. So just close your eyes. The question is, What do we smell like? What do you smell like? Do you have a smell of the holiest? Do you have a smell? Do you have a unique odor, a fragrance on you? Because those who entered the Holy of Holies carried a unique fragrance. And it's a thing that cannot be copied. It's exclusive. You cannot, you cannot get the smell by just praying prayers in your own name and doing things in your own strength. Because when you go into the holy place, it's nothing of your flesh. You are in Christ, in His righteousness, in His identity. There can be no pride of service when you go in there. You see, the fellowship in the holies is the identification with Christ. And it's when you identify with Him the fragrant offering, Christ, the one who gave His life, it's then when the beautiful odor attaches itself to the worshiper. It's when you become one with Him, not as of yourself, but in Christ. That's when the the fragrance is released and you start carrying that fragrance what aroma does God want he wants us to carry that fragrance of Christ Ephesians 5 1 and 2 says this be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God and Father as we sit here I just pray, Father, that we will start understanding where you're taking us and what you want to do in us. And, Father, that we will start building an altar that brings glory to your name. And that we will start understanding that to carry the fragrance of Christ is only a place where we can be in Christ. We only get that fragrance in the holiest. Father, this morning I want to pray that that we we won't put effort from our own flesh into this. Because your flesh cannot produce this. Your flesh cannot maintain this. But that by faith, by the blood of the Lamb, we will go. And I just hear my heart and my spirit this morning that God says, this is something that is not far-fetched and far-reached and unachievable. This is something that is close by. That maybe some of you feel like, I will never be able to get to that place. I cannot reach. It's just too far. God says, no. Because as we had communion today, because of my blood and my body that I've given to you, you became part of the family. And you came into a place where you are in Christ. And this is maintainable and achievable. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, I've overcome the world already. God says, I did not leave you as orphans, but I gave my spirit by whom you cry, Abba Father. Allow his spirit to make his fatherhood real to you so that he can whisper into your spirit and into your ears, My beloved child, you belong to him. I want to tell you this morning, you've got what it takes you can maintain and carry the fragrance of the holiest. That's what God has made you to be. You are designed to carry that. No other way. So I want you to to throw off all these thoughts and all the things that prevent you to say that you cannot. Not for you. Not this one. God says, this is exactly who I made you to be. Is to carry the very essence of my spirit the very essence and the the fullness of my fragrance remember his name has got a fragrance his presence has got a fragrance and god calls you to build this altar so father we just come in this holy moment and give ourselves to you and say lord come and do only that what you can do not out of our own efforts Not out of our own ways, but come and wash us and cleanse us, minister to us, build us, for we are willing. That song we sang and we're done. We say, yes, Lord, you can have it all. Just surrender. You can have it all, Lord. can have it all we love you father I bless you as you go in this week may you receive the fellowship of the Holy Spirit know that God is close by that the goodness of God comes and just overwhelms you that his presence will become so tangible in your life I pray that there will be a hunger and a thirst in you this week to go and seek him in the secret place. To go and build and put wood on that altar. That the fire on the altar will never go out. Amen. Thank you, Father. We give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Be blessed. Enjoy this week. We love you much. Remember, Thursday night at 7. We're going to have the team night. If you want to be part, come. and We need some hands. Come and help us. And we love you very much. Invite people. If you haven't registered yet, go and register. And just know that we love you very much. Be blessed in this week. And we'll see you next week. Amen and amen. If anyone needs ministry, we are ready. We've got a team. We'd gladly minister and pray with you. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.